Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. When she tries to try, you know, other foods is like, okay, you tried it, you liked it, great. So we don't say no. We say, how about this? You try it out and you tell me how you feel after. Yeah. And she always tells me, daddy, you know, half an hour later, she's on the couch. Oh, I don't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel good. In my belly feels heavy. Uh, I have mucus, you know, I'm snotty. Yeah. Uh, I can't breathe through my mouth. Okay. Well, then now you know. So do you want yeah. it again? He's like, nope. And that's it. It puts a pin on it. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's just, we, we try to train her into not allowing her taste buds trick the true feeling on, on how, how things feel for her. You know, and you ever have friends or family or unsolicited strangers who are like, you don't feed your kids animal protein or this or that. And like, Absolutely. how do you respond to them? I mean, they, you know, I mean, family and friends, you know, they don't question us because they come to us for health advice nowadays, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. Let's spice up the show this week with a little masculine energy, shall we? It is my deepest pleasure to introduce you to a friend and a teacher along my healing journey, the wise and the wonderful Emmanuel Bissarello. I know you all loved his wife, Sarah, and her Hollywood to Holy Birth story and healing journey episode just five episodes ago, and I cannot wait to introduce you. So Emmanuel, thank you so much for being here with us this week. I'm so grateful that you've come on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is great. Okay. So you spoke a couple words. And so now everyone's wondering, they're like, where is he from? Where is this amazing accent coming from? Can you tell us where you were born and where you grew up most of your life? Um, Yeah. I was born in Argentina in Buenos Aires. And when I was an early teenager, I moved to Brazil with my family. And and I grew up pretty much over there. I did my high school and college over there, and then uh, I moved to Los Angeles when I was already on my early twenties. And you know, here I am now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to <laughs> your guys's recent move, and I just love so much about how you're living and the way that you've brought health into your family's life. So, and speaking of, like one thing I love so much about you and Sarah, and just felt an instant um, connection with, and like, I automatically knew you guys were teachers in my life is how different you live from the rest of the world. And I'm curious, like, has it always been like this for you? 
Um, and then like, where did your healing and awakening begin? Because you share so much knowledge and everyone's about to get to hear some of the depths of that, but like, what has your life been like and how did you get here living so different? <laughs> That's a funny story because I grew up in, uh, you know, back in the eighties in Argentina, uh, very, very different than, than what I live today, you know, nothing wrong with it. Uh, by all means, I had an amazing, uh, childhood. But when it comes to the daily, you know, lifestyle, it was very different for sure. You know, um, Argentina is a place that has, you know, more cows than people. <laughs> you know? So, and, and my dad was a butcher. So, and my grandpa was a butcher from Italy. Wow. So I, I, you know, my lifestyle and what I ate and what I did when I was a kid doesn't reflect anything what I do today. Um, so yeah, I grew up basically, you know, eating meat almost every single meal. Mm -hmm. in my life lunch and dinner and that's that was everybody you know around me too okay that was not just me so that's kind of like the culture over there wow and and i think uh you know the, the change really happened uh when i moved to the united states mm -hmm. and in a way i think it was a blessing for me to have you know a dad that was a butcher because he he'll bring us and in argentina in general you have uh, you know, the best quality meat you can, you know, imagine. Yeah. So when I was in the United States, I just didn't like the taste of it, didn't like the texture of it. It was kind of like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and even though people would be thinking, oh my God, but you know. Uh, so I was not really a fan of 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 the meat here. And then um, but really the shift, it didn't happen just from the taste of it and and really, you know, coming from a different palate. Uh, the, the the real shift happened when I was like about I don't know, in my mid-20s and I was just not happy with myself. Mm. Pin blank. You know, I if I will look myself in the mirror, uh one day I realized that I was not a good guy, neither mm. to myself, neither to, neither to the people around me. And um, you know, if I'll if I'll try to find some good qualities of white people hang out with me, I couldn't find that many. <laughs> <laughs> so that put me into like a, a a good reflection. I was like, you know what? I'm not happy. I'm not a pleasant guy to be around with, and um, I should do something about it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started doing like a very, you know, deep, I'll say, emotional digging, and and I went through different, you know, avenues to find people that they knew how to do that uh, emotional release or that you know to call it that way but it was a very deep spiritual digging of you know the things that really didn't make me feel good about myself and and that's how the journey started you know back then when I started um, there was no YouTube videos about you know the way I eat nowadays or the lifestyle that I have nowadays I didn't even know this was such a thing called veganism I didn't yeah. even know you know it didn't exist in my radar you know, raw food didn't exist on my radar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all this stuff that we talk about physiology, of course, was not available. And I just did it as a, I, I truly going every day, waking up after meditating and after, you know, working out and thinking, okay, how do I feel right now? Mm -hmm. And then my food will, and my lifestyle started reflecting that. Yeah. And that, that was that simple. It was a reflection of my of my emotional state of being, really. Mm. 
So you were starting to draw a parallel between what you were eating and how you were feeling emotionally. And what did you notice? Well, I noticed that as I started to basically heal my core issues, my self-destructive behaviors started to drop off. Mm -hmm. You see, so right away, all of a sudden, all my friends, they like to, you know, go out for drinking. I didn't feel like it. And at that point, I had enough, you know, self-love and self-care and, and got to say, you know what, I'd rather be alone than being, you know, around people that or, or, or doing activities that I don't want to just for companionship. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, alcohol and partying dropped just like that. And then, and then the, the food choices started to come one after the other, you know, then when the coffee and then was the meat and then was the processed foods. And, and, you know, so far, so on, you know, and all of a sudden, if you're honest, you know, how, how do you feel after eating an ice cream, you know, your belly might not feel that happy. Yeah. Even though it's good in your mouth, but you know, it's, you know, a second of pleasure in your mouth and, you know, half an hour of pain in the belly. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I started the, basically putting that in perspective, you know, and realizing that, you know what, I feel really good without doing it. And emotionally didn't have the trigger to, yeah. to numb me down, basically. Yeah. This is so, so helpful, especially to hear probably some of my clients are listening like from someone else about what this experience is like. And so you've come so far, you were living probably like many people listening or how they used to be living. And how would you describe the way you and Sarah and your family live now versus the rest of the world? Like what are the, what's the dichotomy that you notice and encounter in your daily life? Um, well, I'll say that, you know, there is, you know, for us, we try to follow nature as much as possible. Yeah. I'll say that, you know, instead of thinking that, you know, human beings have created something outside of nature that is needed in our, in order for us to survive, it's pretty much the opposite. You know, nature provides what we need to survive. We yeah. don't need to invent a new oxygen. We don't need to invent a new water, <laughs> even though we, you know. Uh, we invent new drinks, but <laughs> you, you see what I mean? And and when it comes to the food and comes to the lifestyle, it's the same, you know? So I think, you know, for us, we look for the most, uh, without alienating ourselves and understanding that we're part of a society, uh, what are the better, the best choices we can make within within that that are the least compromising for our health and for our well-being? Yeah. So tell me if this is for my own tangible knowledge, because I really am inspired by the way your family lives. Like when you travel, how do you find a way to follow nature when you're traveling and, and stay true to what your body feels in alignment with? Well, first we, we like to travel to places that they have, you know, as pristine nature as possible available. Mm -hmm. You see, um, you will not see me traveling to Times Square. You see me traveling, you know, maybe to <laughs> to a place that has, you know, a beautiful waterfall or a beautiful beach or or places that people um, they take care of nature in a better way. You see that they're not contaminating the environment too much or things like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and and the way that we do it, we we follow those two things and and when we follow the food a little bit. So the first thing we do is okay, are the places we're going to has good organic fruit and vegetables, fresh, ready, available in farmer's markets, locally grown people they are, 
um, you know, engage into those activities. And that gives already a parameter of the situation in that area. You know, if you can find uh, farmers, they are, you know, already on growing that kind of food and with that mentality, it tells you that there is some sort of uh, like-minded people and some sort of movement and some sort of care for, for the land in a way. So it would be a healthy uh, space for us to land to, you know? And when we travel, we just load up on, on fruit and we carry them on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was my guess. I was thinking about this before we came on the air and I was like, I bet they just like load up their backpack with fruit. And that's the, I mean, fruit comes in its own Tupperware. It's the most like portable and convenient. Yeah. Food yeah. We basically, we, we go to the store before going to the airport and we load up on fruit and we, we show up with our carry on. It's just a bunch of fruits <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe like a salad, you know, or, or some sort of like a raw, you know, vegetable snack or something like that and for the kids to munch on and and that's it you know and all, all we do is you know when we see the flight attendant we just get some napkins and a little bag for and it's compost that's yeah. all it is you know and it's no need to refrigerate no need to worry about it. all you need to worry is like you know if it's something soft like a banana you don't want to smash it but besides that is 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 easy you know so smart it's yeah own tupperware delicious that's I think it I think the easiest one has been uh, oranges. Mm, mm -hmm. I travel like uh, when I flew from <laughs> this time from Florida to to Hawaii, I, I took with me like about 15 oranges. Yeah. And that was my my meal for the, you know, 13, 14 hour flight. I yeah. just took, you know. An orange an hour. <laughs> you can yeah, that was it. You know, I I sat down twice. You know, I ate like about you know seven or uh, or so oranges each time. You yeah. know, I didn't need a knife to peel them. Boom, boom, boom. You know, wash hands after. Be done. You know, it it, yeah. it, it was just the easiest and the simplest. So, and they um, came smashed like bananas. Like they're pretty sturdy fruit, so they probably did well in the carry on. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is this. You know, if you're carrying, you know, thirty bananas, they might they might get smashed a little bit. You know, especially when they're ripe. Yeah. That's, but you know, and then, you know, if you want to go towards something like, you know, you cannot take like a watermelon, it will be impossible. Yeah. Um, but you could, um, I mean, unless you cut it up and, and put it into like a Tupperware or something, but container, but um, uh, grapes are great. Usually we take grapes, but again, you got to be careful for them to not get smashed. And, and you know, grapes are, you need to wash them pretty good. So, yeah. oh my gosh. My heart is just like singing because do you see the the things they bring around and offer you, you know, do you want like oh pretzels? <laughs> do you want like some nuts and canola oil? Like, what do you guys want? And yeah, minute made juice with uh, yeah. pretzels. I'm like, no, thank you. You know, no, and, uh, uh, and, and you know, it's funny because you know, my kids always they they go out and 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 they ask the people, do you have a salad? And 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 they look at my kids as if they were, you know, from Mars or something, you know, because they have never seen, you know, three-year-olds or seven-year-olds asking for salad. <laughs> okay, so- And they're I like, what? Your kid's asking for salad? What are you talking about? <laughs> I know parents all over are thinking the same thing and want, and want this question answered. So your children, they have really only been exposed to the way that you guys live and eat. And I see a lot of times moms and dads on their healing journey, they change, but then it's just like their kids revolt and it's really hard. What is it like for 
you with children who have only seen this way, like when, when the flight attendants are like, do you want some pretzels? Are they like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they like, why would I eat that? What's it like for kids who have only known this way? Well, I mean, for them, they're like, they, they look at me, it's like, what is that daddy? Cause they don't know. Right. Yeah. Cause they've never seen it. Um, so, so they look at me, it's like, what, what is she offering me? Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I have had, uh, my daughter try stuff around, you know, when we traveled and in other times, you know, even though she was, you know, pretty much always vegan, you know, I have let her try, you know, raw goat cheese. Yeah. I have let her try other things. And one day we caught her when we were in Bali, she was sneaking out to eat Balinese food, uh, with some of the people in the hotel. And then, uh, cause they were having like a birthday party for one of the employees or whatever. There's some other kids, you know, and then she'll come back home. You know, she would not be hungry. I'm like, oh, she's sneaking out to eat, you know? Yeah. And then we started observing her, right? And then um, the observation was, you know, right away her attitude started to change. She became a little more lazy, a little more mouthy, a little more, um, you know, needy, a little more, um, you know, she, she, she annoyed easily and all that stuff. And then one day, finally, she came back with a stomachache. And we're like, oh, that's what's going on, you see? Yeah. So what we do with her is something very simple. It's like, inst inst instead of, you know, the, the fruits and the vegetables, especially the fruits, they are like explosion of goodness in your mouth already. They, you don't need more incentive to, yeah. to make him, you know, be palatable. But when it comes to, to cook food and other, you know, processed foods or whatever, they people put a lot of effort to make them palatable because they don't see good in the belly. So I, when we tell her, when she tries to try, you know, other foods, it's like, okay, you tried it, you liked it, great. So we don't say no. We say, how about this? You try it out and you tell me how you feel after. Yeah. And she always tells me, daddy, you know, half an hour later, she's in the couch. Oh, I don't feel good. You know, it doesn't feel good. My belly feels heavy. Uh, I have mucus, you know, I'm snotty. Yeah. Uh, I can breathe through my mouth. Okay, well, then now you know. So do you want yeah. it again? He's like, nope. And that's it. It puts a pin on it. Wow. You know I mean? So it's just, we, we try to train her into not allowing her taste buds trick the true feeling on, on how, how things feel for her, you know? And you ever have friends or family or unsolicited strangers who are like, you don't feed your kids animal protein or this or that? And like, Absolutely. how do you respond to them? I mean, they, you know, I mean, family and friends, you know, they don't question us because they come to us for health advice nowadays, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I used to get questions back in the day, you know, when I first started, because people were like, dude, you're in, you're in your twenties, why you're, you're taking care of yourself, you know, you should be enjoying life. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but life enjoyment doesn't mean self-destructive behaviors that, that doesn't they, they don't mean the same yeah and they will look at me like okay we can't hang out anymore <laughs> yeah. and now yeah. they're they're coming to exactly. so but you know of course people question you know but then also they see the health aspects and say you know what my children have never been sick mm. you know if you if you ask any other parent you know their children always get you know either the flu every winter or they get catch a cold they have you know some major you know going on something big every once a year at least you know and our children you know all they get is a little mucus from a bad food that we let them try once in a while. Yeah, that's amazing. They're so amazing. That's, that's the difference is on, the, is, is, is on what's, what's really, you know, um, happening 
and um but yeah people question all the time you know and and but they you know those are curious yeah and there's something in awakening in them too and so i first met you and sarah on the mucoid flat cleanse and there's more info on this in the show notes friends if that are listening if you're interested or check out episode 20 um but emmanuel when you and i were speaking on the gut cleanse retreat something in me was reawakened. You were talking about concepts and healing that I believe to be true. And quite honestly, I see covered up in the functional medicine space. You know, these great practitioners, like they even speak against some of the things that is in my philosophy, my truth. So I would love to hear your healing philosophy. And like, if someone was to come up to you, one of your clients and self-illumination ministries and on your retreat saying, what do I need to truly heal the body, the mind, the spirit? Like, where can they start? And what would you suggest for them? Um, I think that the beginning is really the emotional part. Mm. Because without the emotional part, people are always fighting it. You see, it cannot come from a space of logics. When it comes from a space of logics, people go out there. They go into listening to doctors, listening to YouTube listening to whoever they can find. Now, the way that the mind works is it tries to always find some sort of analogy to sustain its position. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's gonna, what they're going to find is a reflection of their own position around it. And there's going to be a little voice that is going to say, yes, I like it. No, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So you can't take uh, everything that you see as a neutral perspective. So and if you look out there, there's, you know, every single doctor, every single nutritionist, every single health coach is saying something different. Yeah. Yeah. How do, you, how do you tell which one is the truth? You can't. Because if you are from a neutral perspective, you have, you know, 10 people in front of you from a neutral space, you cannot tell which one is saying the truth, which one is not. But when we come from a space of emotional trigger, that is different. So because now we're looking into like, okay, if there's a guy saying that, you know, it's okay to eat, you know, pizza and drink beers and doing all this, you know, like I, I, I met one time a um, naturopathic doctor that he was keep on telling me how much ice cream he had fed his wife during pregnancy every single day. And I'm like, my God. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Mind, bro. And he's like, and I have my kids. And I'm like, geez, I'm surprised you made it to the fourth. So um, there's to, to us or, or in our view, food has a function and either is a function to, to reflect that which is happening inside of the person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's not such a thing as a bad food is a thing of, if somebody's sad, somebody has not dealt with certain demons inside or is having certain issues that food works as a trigger in their consciousness to say hey you gotta pay attention to this yeah okay that's all it is and that's why for as long as there's somebody sad for as long as there's somebody you know breaking up with another you know there's still gonna be you know uh burgers fries beer and football and there's gonna be wine pizza, chocolate, and chiclet flick movies. <laughs> Those are there. So do you say that food is like a frequency match? Like when you're broken up with, or when you're sad, or when you have something unresolved emotionally, like you're going to reach for that match versus when you're like healing and feeling your feelings and 
flying to live in Hawaii, like you're good with 15 oranges. <laughs> I mean, look at the people, how many people that are sad or they go through a breakup. I tell the story of a breakup because it's very tangible to most people. Yeah. How many people do you know that went through a breakup and they went for a green juice and a workout? Yeah. How many? Not many. Not really. I mean, people will go for pizza, will go for wine, will go for for you know something heavy to match that emotional state. Eventually, you know, once they overcome that and they say, well, you know what, now I'm ready for my next, you know, I need to look good again. And then they go and they, you know, they put their their workout, you know, <laughs> clothes and they, they get their their green juices because they want to look good again. Right. But until they don't feel that they want to look good again, they don't start taking care of themselves again. And during the period of feeling either rejected, betrayed, or or whatever, um, you know, sad for the breakup or whatever that is, right? That all those uh, feelings are coming, uh, they will not go for the best food. They will not go for the best activities, you know? So it is in a way when people don't see that the food that we put in our mouth on a daily basis is also emotional eating. They think mm -hmm. emotional eating is some sort of a, condition that it happens only to certain people you know and that is that's not the case every single bite is emotional eating and yeah. of course you know you have to take in consideration that later down the road you have to understand um food combining parasites mm -hmm. candida bacteria overgrowth and all that that is uh you know an outcome of of an extended emotional uh state of being right yeah. can we go right there i want to get even more tangible and talk about you know the parasites the candida the bacterial overgrowth the mold where do you want to begin <laughs> i know you have so much information and when i was on the retreat i was like i really <laughs> want you to talk about this you're like okay well, i'll go talk so we're here yeah. what where can well, we begin on on this gut health healing topic well, I think it's it's you know exactly where we where we left off in this the last conversation or the last uh, question is like understanding that when we have an extended issue, you know the 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 pizza becomes a habit. Yeah. You see, if let's say if that person is still dealing with the breakup and they never overcome their insecurity issues for some reason, right? As an example, um, that pizza becomes a habit, becomes a twice a week thing, and mm -hmm. that. Uh, as a, a self-destructive behavior, what it starts doing is starts clogging up the system. And then you have these little creatures, they come, uh, try to either help unclog it, but eventually they reproduce and they try to overcome the system, mm -hmm. okay? So then uh, it can be either either one or all of them. It depends on the history of the person and, and, you know, and all, but either they're all pathogenic in a way, and they all require uh, a lower state of being mental and emotional for them mm. to sustain in the body. And they also require a uh, periodic feeding to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they have something, and this is, I think, uh, something that I will, nobody will tell you about, but they have a mind of their own. Mm -hmm. And they merge with our feelings, they merge with our thoughts. And I tell people, if you think you're alone in your mind, think twice. Because the day that you go buy that burrito, you act like a zombie. And as much as you want to try to stop it, you can't. And that's what people fail 
trying to do diets all the time and they feel like is quote unquote restrictive. Oh, Emmanuel, I feel so restricted. I feel that I have to fight it all the time. Yeah, because you're fighting it with the mind, but the internal craving, the emotional, uh, you know, magnetism that you have towards it has not been resolved. Mm -hmm. So then the outcome of a sustained habit of feeding this parasites long-term starts clogging up the system, mm -hmm. okay? And and they will develop and they will they will take on everything and the issue is that they will they will play stealth mm -hmm. meaning oh i don't have parasites what are you talking about that is like a you know africa third world country kind of stuff you know yeah. i don't have parasites and every single person i have worked with has tons of parasites all of them that they thought they had nothing as we put them through the cleanses they're like emmanuel I have all this stuff coming out of me. How come? Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, you know, to reality. Okay, yeah. And so how can the mucoid plaque, the, the the gut cleanse that I did with you and you can find out more and, and I'll put all the links in the show notes. You can download the gut healing guide. How does this start to work on the candida, the parasites, the bacteria? How can we start to heal the gut and why is this cleanse so effective? Well, I think that this cleanse is, you know, one part of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. You see, it's not, it's not the 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 one. Uh, it's not the panacea. It's not the the one only healing that you got to do that and you're done. Uh, but what it does is, when 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 the person has the capacity to, this is not for everybody. But when the person has the capacity to say, okay, I'm gonna do a cleanse or I'm gonna do something like this, mm -hmm. what we what we're doing is they have overcome. A little bit of the, you know, the attachment to the to the food, and we use the mechanical force of the cleanse to trigger the emotional part. Okay, is it necessary? Well, if people don't want to redo it over and over and over, and they want to have an actual progression, then yeah. Otherwise, there's no process. Otherwise, it's just like a yo-yo. <laughs> and every once a month, you'll have to redo it. And some people do that. And that yeah. is fine. Okay. Eventually, they will say, okay, enough. I got to put a pin on it and be done. Yeah. But but um, what is powerful about this is it gives almost like a jump start and say, okay, if, if the person has like a mental, emotional capacity to say, I'm going to go through this and have overcome their hurdles, um, and they can say, yes, I'll do it. And they can commit to do it. They're going to see a big release and a big relief yeah. in all aspects. So that also works in the mind as a motivator to say, oh, wow, there's something else. Okay. Yeah. So that motivator, I think, is, 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 is one part of the puzzle that is huge. Uh, the other part, of course, is the mechanical forcing of all those toxins, mucus plaque or the candida out. That one of the things that I like about the Zen cleanse in particular is that because it uses this super enzymes that it digests and it eliminates um, old stagnant, you know, toxins in the in the in the system. Um, so it it allows the the person to have um how can I explain this? Hmm. It's going to take me a second to formulate in my head. Yeah, that's one. okay. <laughs> There's a lot for us to digest here. Well, 
the the thing is this okay when you're digesting imagine this you're digesting in one day what you have not digested in 10 years mm -hmm. how will that feel emotionally and mentally if you had to digest the things that you have gone through for so long in just a short period of time okay and for some some people emotionally and mentally is is overwhelming so they just you know lay down and let it pass because the soul already has overcome that okay and in their in their physicality they cannot sustain that because energetically that doesn't match anymore so some people are ready to just release it because you know they have overcome certain things and poof gone okay yeah. if something they have not overcome yet you know another little pizza and another little dessert will come in to you know fulfill the gap um, yeah. but it will meet you on the following uh clans okay but the mechanical forcing aspect of having enzymes or having other things you know that we do uh you know when we do the raw challenge you know we do the different fastings when we put people through different uh, fruit fastings um or things like that is the mechanical aspect of the actual power of the fruit or all the enzymes to go in there and force the person to have that realization you see and that's what people really, really run away because they don't want to have the realization yeah say okay if you have, if you if you build up the courage and you want to get those aha moments you sit down with us and you're gonna do let's say one month of you know x y and z and we're gonna meditate together and it's gonna be like one realization after the other pop 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 and that way is a complete process yeah but i think um going back to zen clans the zen clans is in comparison to other um classes that we do is very approachable Mm -hmm. yes. It's very easy for anyone, regardless of their lifestyle, uh, regardless of, you know, the kind of food they're eating and yada, yada, they can do it. See, the other ones that we teach, they require preparation mm -hmm. and they require a certain emotional preparation and physical preparation. Otherwise, you can't do it. Yeah. You see? And we take people through that, uh, you know. I will say journey little by little doing one after the other so they can prepare for it you know and they can go deeper 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 but um it takes you know one step at a time but mm -hmm. the thing the zen cleanse is a great is a fabulous um first step it's wonderful i mean my experience i would consider myself not a rookie on the journey but you know helping teaching others but i still am on my journey i'm still healing i'm still learning and i had definitely an emotional release with mm -hmm. the past of the mucoid plaque, like I just felt so good and so relieved. And I noticed my um, emotions tied to food. I did it over the weekend. And when we normally go out for like date night or to a restaurant, it's usually like veggie sushi, but even that, and I would love to hear you talk about food combining, <laughs> um, oh, even that like missing, like my, whether they're my emotional or my gut parasites were like, they felt sad. Like I felt sad because I was used to that regulation of food. I was used to that, using that food as my unwinding and I had to self-regulate and I had to get with my emotions and feel that. And then the next day, I remember I was teaching yoga and my students were like, why are you so happy? And I'm like, this cleanse guys. So, <laughs> um, cool. Anything you want to add on that or about food combining? I just think that's so fascinating the way you talk about it. And it's something since doing the retreat with you 
that I've been implementing and working on. And I think it's a great, it might sound complex for some, and it might feel really available for some people. So how do you teach food combining to your students and your clients? Um, well, we've, I first start with the basics of mm -hmm. how to group foods together, you know, and because then the real, the real importance of thing of, of food is, you know, going back to the, the phrase that everybody knows, you know, like your food is your, your medicine type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, right now our food is our pleasure and our food is our other things, but we mm -hmm. have forgotten the, you know, the, the medicine aspect of it. Right. Cause we consider medicine that which we have in the cabinet. So later, you know, we first start with like, okay, just simple, simple food combining is one thing. And that's how we, we try to start people. Okay. And after that, we, we start teaching the, the medicinal aspects of each fruit. Okay, so what's going to happen to you if you're going to eat a bunch of grapes? What's going to happen to you if you eat a bunch of bananas? What's going to happen to you? What are the healing powers of that? People, we, we are in a, in a time that we have forgotten about that, you see, because um, there's two different worlds when it comes to nutrition. And they are as far as Pluto and the sun, okay? Yes, they are. <laughs> and one is the cooked food world. And the other one is the raw food world. Mm -hmm. And they're two different. One is Pluto, one is, you know, Mercury. So uh, within everything that we know about either naturopathic world, allopathic world, uh, alternative medicine world, functional medicine world, is all cooked food world. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it relies on certain procedures, certain herbs, certain medications, certain things that they need to not only do their job, but they need to overcome certain hurdles. And that's why they're so potent, you know? Mm -hmm. And one of the hurdles is the cooked food itself. <laughs> okay, so when you see all these herbs and this and that, you know, you're, those are for cooked food people and and even the herbs when people are not doing good food combining when people are actual pharmaceuticals they say oh but this this didn't work you know they they're they're just too weak and they did nothing to me and i'm like yeah you're right i agree because you know you're it the, the way that people eat you know all the processed food and stuff like that they need something that is 10 times more potent mm -hmm. and perhaps a, a high potency of of an herb will actually create too much detox or something else that actually will make them feel bad. You see, yeah. so they actually, actually, allopathic uh, medicine and pharmaceuticals have a huge challenge, you know, which is how to, how to, you know, put makeup on symptoms and um, without making a lifestyle change. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing, right? And now herbs or any Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, functional, alternative, whatever you want to call it, they all call for certain lifestyle change, right? Now, when it comes to raw food, the minimal amount of herbs will create a huge impact. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a fraction of what a regular person will need. You see, now medicinal herbs become almost like a, I don't know, you need it in homeopathic doses. 
yeah it's compared to something somebody will need tons of it you see yeah. so uh, because the body is much more receptive is much more clean uh allows the the medicine to this job it's not because it becomes hypersensitive or anything even though you know it becomes just more perceptive but yeah. it just allows the plants to do this job and of course starts working along with the function of the actual food so we say okay if you're gonna eat a bunch of oranges you need to understand what's the function of the orange in your system what the orange is gonna do for you and yep. if you eat a bunch of grapefruits what are the grapefruits are gonna do for you so food combining in general because you asked that um and i was telling this in the you know during the uh <clears throat> retreat it's just simple understanding that you know everything that we eat either simple sugars, complex carbs, you know, fats and lipids or amino acid change, chains are made of the same carbon, hydrogen and oxygen, just in different combination. Mm -hmm. And they just need to be separate. Along with vegetables, you're done. It's not that complex. Yeah, I've it's really been simple. working you know, with it. It's, it's about the pH in the saliva, the pH of our stomach, the pH of our liver, the pH of our pancreas, the pH of our intestines. They have different pHs, they have different functions. And if we, you see, this started kind of like in the industrial revolution when we, people thought, you know what, you got to clock in now, you're not going to be at home anymore. <clears throat> you know, we, we went from like a semi-Amish lifestyle when mm -hmm. people live in communities, they help each other build their homes, they help each other grow their food, they help each other, you know, uh, make their furniture and, and, and make their clothes <clears throat> into a industrial type of thing when parents now are out of the house, yeah. they can do any of those, you know, uh, tasks anymore. And they said to everybody, you need to eat everything that you will need in one meal because you won't have time to snack around you won't be at home so you gotta go and eat it eat it all at once and then people now go and pack up you know breakfast before go to work pack up on lunch and then pack up on dinner with quote unquote everything that they will need about what that causes is actually indigestion yeah and we're combining and for parasites right so yeah, i've got just this I would call it a 10% shift to up to 90 some days of the food combining. Like I'm looking at, you know, the cooked food and the fats and like where I'm combining and what, and it's, it's made a difference in how I'm feeling already feeling really well and wanting to work mostly like on the emotional piece and the gut cleanse. And it's, it's just brought to light. Like what it's so crazy to me, Emmanuel. And you're like, I'm not surprised that this, these simple principles with food or doing a grape cleanse day, like this is left out of functional medicine and it's almost considered taboo when you're saying like packing your lunch. I remember when I started to first get into healing my body with food, I would take, I would need like two big bags when I went to work of like my juices, my fruits, my smoothies, my vegetables. And people were like, what are you eating? And they just would have like a little protein bar. And oh, yeah. I just cannot run off of that. It'd be like literally like a meat stick. And so, and if that works for you, I'm, I'm so happy for you, but it did not work for me and changing the way I love what you said about like the way we live. And even if you can't be Amish, like you can think and maybe adapt to how they would have being able to graze on their, on their agriculture. And I know your beautiful family just moved back to Hawaii 
and you've been called back to this land and is this part of it? Well, yeah, I think in a, in a way it is, you know, we, we always, like you say, look for a certain lifestyle that we like and, yeah. um, you know, just going, it's kind of, you know, going back to, to what we were just saying before, um, there are certain things even within functional medicine or with every other medicine that it's just people are so ingrained in their in their habits you know mm-hmm. and you're talking about health and people put you know those little uh peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in their kids you know lunchbox or they put yeah. their their granola bars and they have no idea you know even just because it's organic they think it is healthy um but that comes from the and going back to the Amish and the lifestyle is because we are in a time really where we have been con- convinced that it's better to leave the house for a career and and to make money and then leave our children unattended, mm-hmm. leave our children, you know, on the mercy of the television or or somewhere else they need to go to school. And but that's also because parents don't think that they have enough to to give to their children either. Mm-hmm. They think that there's another stranger somewhere that has better values mm-hmm. or better information to teach to their children. Mm-hmm. And so there there's a collective sadness happening around this separation of the family all day long that people don't address. So it's not like, oh, there's a reason why when we started this lifestyle on the collective everybody went for very saddening diets is because who the hell likes to go to a factory be away from their family all day long yeah you see what i mean and yeah. when you uh, so that person multiplied by you know the whole society all of a sudden <clears throat> becomes a uh, cultural habit mm-hmm. okay so for us it's like okay how can we bring back the healthy um family dynamic mm-hmm. you see so our children don't suffer we don't suffer emotionally and we all can you know one of the things that has been left out is that the values you know how many parents i have talked to either in regular schools either in Waldorf schools and like i don't want the teacher to teach my children values i want the teacher to just teach content and mm-hmm. i'm like if you're if you're not around your children all day long you're left on a on they're going to be just pricks they're going to be acting out to the to the teacher all day long they're going to be completely you know uneducated and 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 go and you know talking things that they shouldn't disrespectful you know things to the to the teachers and then you're working all day long and when they come home they don't get that ethical and then everybody's going towards that sort of um food cravings and lifestyle that ends up numbing all that yeah so for us uh one of the things that you know after the first first thing is that family dynamic so we can give ourselves and our children the best um that we can on that level mm-hmm. and, and avoid that problem and after doing raw food for so long and and and, and this something happens actually very quickly our taste buds all of a sudden become very acute and you start tasting the the chemicals and the nonsense, even in the organic food, okay? It's yeah. like, oh, gosh, you can't buy it. I mean, 
the best stuff, at, the best organic food at Whole Foods is just yucky. Mm. Eventually becomes yucky, but we're so numbed out that we don't realize, okay? Um, so that brought a journey of learning about how to grow our own food and, and, and understanding of how even the best organic food out there is devoid of minerals and how and what what happens when we eat basically cooked food that becomes acidic and is already devoid of minerals and what happens onto our mind and to our emotions to our, our physical body. Mm-hmm. So I got into, into growing food and that's why we try to, our lifestyle part of it is living in places that are very pristine that we can promote um, growing our own food as much as possible. It's amazing. And I know your work is also moving in agroforestry. And so you're growing your own food. Can you tell us more about agroforestry and how it's not only helping our gut health and our emotional health, but it's also helping the planet? Yeah. I mean, I, it took me a while to find somebody that I thought that I could learn how to grow food from. Mm -hmm. I went into all these different permaculture groups and different biodynamic groups and, um, and they were great. And uh, I wanted something else. And uh, I came across agroforestry and I was like, ah, that's something here for me. And a specific agroforestry. And um, so one of the things that, um, do, you see, do you hear any background noise? No, it sounds good. Oh, cool, awesome. Um, one of the things that, um, that they came through was uh, how, how, to, how to pack up I, I needed to find out a way to pack up my uh, our food with the most amount of minerals as possible. So I came around agroforestry and the concept of agroforestry is very simple, is to, to have a farm that mimics a forest, mm. it mimics nature. So instead of having, is the antithesis, is the complete opposite of monocrop. If you look at a forest, it has thousands of species in all different layers, you know, from ground covers to tall trees in a, in a certain arrangement, right? When you walk into the forest, you have all kinds of plants, different sizes, and they're all, in a way, collaborating. They're all helping each other. So monocrop and, and all this, it comes from a place of competition and tough uh, subsistence <laughs> you know uh, instead of hey let's, let's let's help each other out you see so when when we're talking about healing the emotions we we, need to, we go very deep into the spiritual aspect of it of understanding that when we have a certain lifestyle let's put it this way i'm going to bring it into the meat okay yeah so understand. if you are a meat eater and you end up only with you know handful of chickens Will you kill the chickens or will you eat the eggs? Okay. Yeah. And in when we start healing ourselves, we we will not be that stupid of killing the chicken and not have any any food tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We will start eating the eggs and be happy. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because that is promoting more life and the continuation of life, and we will allow those chickens to have more little chicks to have more eggs mm-hmm. but when we start healing ourselves the self-destructive behaviors come you know it's a small death in a way 
we start doing those things. We start shooting ourselves in the foot, okay? And that translates into the how we how we eat, how we grow food, and how we treat our environment. Yeah. So when we do monocrop and when we do things like that, is actually killing the chicken and not eating the egg. Is going there, taking all all the forest, and nothing is left, and all of a sudden we have we're left with a problem for tomorrow, right? When you're doing agroforestry, you're mimicking the forest. You have this collaboration instead of competition that is always providing, it's always giving. And that's the difference. The plants help each other stay stronger. They prevent pests. They uh, create better soil. And they actually, if you're smart enough, you can have harvest all year round yeah. instead of having one, one crop and be done. So what that does for our environment is that agroforestry can include the animals, can include native species. So we don't have to just decimate everything like we're doing now. Basically, right now what we're doing is we're going, we're clear-cutting the forest and we're putting a monocrop, okay? So when it comes to, if, if we understood, if people understood simple concepts of agroforestry, any debate on climate change any debate on other topics that right now are hot out there, they will disappear yeah. for a simple understanding mm. of, you know, I'll just give an example of California because I lived in California for many years. Yeah. If you go, you're talking about climate change. Okay. Imagine California, okay, a state that has a hundred million acres. You go to the cattle grazing association, it tells you right there that they manage 38 of those million acres. So you're talking about 38% of that state is being clear-cutted to have only cows. Well, something that used to have a full forest. You tell me, what happens when you are in the middle of the desert? And how hot does it feel? How the soil doesn't retain water? Yeah. Okay. How, how wind and other things you know, cause problems? How, how the uh, water springs react? all these things. And what happens when you are actually in a forest under a canopy of several layers of trees with a soft, moist topsoil covered with foliage and, and other things? It behaves completely different. So when you have a place like California that 38% uh, of its uh, land mass is dedicated, there used to be a forest, it's been clear-cutted, you just changed 40% of its climate right there. Okay, and then you add another 10% of the landmass that is to actually feed um, the cows when they are um, in the winter time. Mm -hmm. okay. And you added, you know, another 10%, you're up to 50%. And then you add, you know, the areas that they were de uh, deforested for putting cities and they add another 11%. And then you, and then all of a sudden, I made the calculation that basically right now, California has only about 20% of its of its uh, land untouched. So then out of a hundred million acres, mm -hmm. 80 million acres are completely clear-cutted and devastated. Yeah. So if we don't understand it, that creates a huge climate shift, okay? And that doesn't allow the water, that doesn't, you know, people don't, don't understand, for example, that there's no irrigation systems in the forest. You planted a forest and when the forest is there, the rains come, it's not the opposite. Yeah. Okay. And if you understand agroforestry, 
is a very simple concept. You understand the ions that they're released, you know, from the trees and they, mm -hmm. they create precipitation. Okay. So all these conversations about um, carbon or having, you know, uh, the the climate being uh, is too hot out in the in the whole planet and we're going to have melting of the poles and you know raising of the of water levels and you know they're trying to blame if it's you know oil if it's you know the we need to put everybody <laughs> solar panels is all is all stupidity yeah if we don't address that 80 percent of our land mass is being clear-cutted it is the I only the only way to to bring back the balance is bringing back the forest. Humans cannot survive without the forest, period. I agree. And I'm thinking as you're talking down my, uh, we live in a, a rural subdivision, like just tucked away around lots of woods. I mean, almost mm -hmm. 10 years ago when I bought this house, I'm like, oh, no wonder I liked it so much. I didn't know then. I hadn't really started my healing journey. Um, but they just like clear cut a bunch of trees and I don't see them doing anything with it. They just like cut down the trees and we're like, why did they cut down so many trees? And then um, my fiance regrew the whole backyard of grass successfully this spring. I've been trying to do it for a couple of years and he got, I mean, every single little bit and just the frequency in the air and how much more we like sitting outside on our deck. It just has changed the way the air feels cooler. It feels more nourishing. It just has completely changed how we feel outside. And that's just a microcosm of what you're talking about happening uh -huh. on our planet. And so for those of us listening who are like, we want to heal, heal our guts and we want to change the world. Like what are just a couple tangible steps that you could leave us with that we can begin to bring change into not only our bodies, but into our communities and, and the planet. Well, I want to, I want to tap into what I was telling you before, because it's a yeah. huge part of it. Okay. So, um, when we talk about the forest, okay, the damage on is not just on climate, and uh, we we've been talking a lot about emotions and how emotions control, you know, our food cravings. Yeah. Okay, now this is something people don't know out there, okay, and I'm gonna share, and probably very few have ever heard about this, but there's a, an ancient, ancient knowing knowledge, okay, that uh, the Romans used, the communists. Russians used, okay, and it's been still used uh, without knowing, okay. But uh, when the Romans used to go and um, conquer an area, they will go to the city, and they might burn it down. They might, you know, kill the men, whatever. But what they did to subdue the people was to cut all the trees down on that city, mm. okay. And the communists did the same, you know, when they took over Hungary or other, you know, uh, Eastern European countries, they will go, let's say to Budapest or somewhere like that, and they will go and cut down all the trees. And all of a sudden those cities will turn gray. And what that will do, it will make everybody completely depressed. Mm -hmm. So when people tell me, man, what is social depression? Because I work with people with depression. And <laughs> it's complicated to tell them that, you know, the lack of trees and the, the damage that we have done to the environment actually causes depression. Yeah. Also, also, selfishness causes depression mm. because mm -hmm. we're so self-absorbed, right? But also, that cutting of the trees and that uh, city lifestyle, it has an impact in our mind because we don't see any source of substance around us. So mm -hmm. if, you, if you drop yourself in the middle of Times Square, there's no one 
just and, and you're like you know a complete stranger somebody puts a hood in your head you have you've never been there and you're left over there you have nowhere to find water you have no food and you have nowhere to pee no you have nowhere to sleep mm-hmm. okay so all of a sudden in our consciousness we are beings that we have lived in forests forever and while we're thrown in in a in a city life we we struggle with this idea see because our eyes we think oh yeah but i have money i can go buy myself food but that is not it's not just that is that our eyes don't catch it it's yeah. different when you're sitting down and you're seeing a forest and you can see a piece of fruit and you can go and grab it that is ready available it's the same thing that we don't have to think about breathing yeah it's really available yeah. okay so um when you're talking about um, the impact on 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 how how people uh, can start, that's what we are trying to encourage people to to go back a little bit to the selfless behaviors, go back to addressing their true emotional state, to go closer to 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 nature mm-hmm. and to trees. Okay, and people don't know even a fraction of the impact of trees, and they, they just found out for crying out loud that they were communicating via mycorrhiza yes i love it are you kidding me this has been known forever but they're just now okay in 2023 okay um so so you see that our society in general is more focused on you know artificial intelligence and development of technology than actually understanding nature yeah and that has a huge impact also okay but to heal the gut you know um is a lot more spiritual and 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 all that so when we when we uh, talk to people and we start like working with them there are in the body different spiritual aspects okay and we hold different energies in different parts of the body okay it's like a like a little circuit right so uh to heal the gut we need to go through all the different emotions that the gut um, holds. Mm-hmm. And if the person overcomes some, they'll have some release and they will be attracted to do some sort of uh, plans. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so we start everybody with the emotions and then that triggers them. Say, oh yeah, you know what? Now I'm overcoming, you know, certain lusty behaviors. Um, okay, now I can do a gut cleanse. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, one step at a time. I, I love that you said start with the emotion. But I'll tell I'll give you one trick, one trick that helped me. Okay. Okay. I tell people if you don't know what to eat, if you don't know what to to anything about nothing, okay? There are two things that help me a lot and they worked in my subconscious without me noticing. One was juicing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I started juicing twice a day before my meals, some celery, some kale, some green apple. That was it. Be happy, little juice, boom, go. That started cleaning little by little my gut until I was able to do maybe a little wheatgrass in the morning on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. When I was able to do that, it started to troubleshoot everything else. Yes. You see, it was effortless. And I like the the things they are like effortless like that because otherwise it becomes too big of a chore or too big of a challenge. 
And all we gotta do is just integrate certain habits into our routine. And that was it. You know, for me, I juiced, I didn't buy store-bought juice because I knew enough about enzymes that they will die or the vitamins that they will not be available after three hours. So forget, I don't care if it's cold press on the best machine in the world. Eh, doesn't matter. Three hours later, it's gone. And that was made yesterday. So that's just flavorful water. Yeah. So get a juicer, start juicing. Preach. Juicing changed, for those listening, like changed my life, changed my health, was the like the one thing that started moving everything else forward. And then I picked up all the other fancy tools along the way. So. It's a slow and silent and efficient way to begin. Yeah. And then you can say, oh, you know, I'm going to call Jen and do like a Zen cleanse. <laughs> yeah. we do or we'll dive a little bit deeper into the emotions, you know, and we'll call Emmanuel, Sarah, and want to see what's really cooking, right? But, um, or, or dive more into raw foods and why not? And, and, but to start with those, it really, it really helps. Can you tell us how to get in touch with you, your website, your upcoming retreats? What is the best way if someone is feeling a call to connect with you? Where can they begin? Yeah. I mean, they can send us an email. We have our website is selfillumination.com. And just to either Sarah or info at selfillumination.com and they can you know reach out to us. And primarily what we do is we say, look, we have a, a Sarah has a course called Reconnecting to the Heart. And that is where we bring the emotional honesty back. And say, okay, how, how I truly feel. Yeah. So besides, besides the, the eating, there's a lot of other things, you know, our jobs, our relationships, all those things, you know, they're there, right? And, and, and the, the eating is just an outcome of it. But everything else that is going on, right? Our relationship with our parents, I mean, you name it, right? All the things that have happened to us. So the emotional honesty that comes through that class is a, is a month, is a four-week um, journey with her, and she guides people, well, you know, on a group, but it's very one-on-one in a way, uh, yeah. because she, she ensures that everybody's going deep, you know, and that changes people's lives right away. And that is uh, when people go through that, they on their own want to change their lifestyle. Yeah. See, uh, for us. Like you say, it's not just diet, it's a lifestyle. And, and lifestyle includes how we feel about ourselves mm-hmm. and how we relate to each other, to the world, to our own spirituality. So that is the, the beginning. And after that, when people are more courageous, either we do the Zen cleanse uh, that includes that uh, emotional aspect like you did with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we try to either do it in person or, or online and to promote as much of that emotional aspect as possible so we don't become we don't become like the uh the the one a day pill we I, we don't want to see people doing that again even those in clan says you know it could take you four times to get rid of your fully your mucoid plaque but the idea is to be done right so we don't have to redo it and after that we have what is called the rock lens and the rock lens is super super powerful uh, because we really address deeply the emotional eating Mm-hmm. and the parasites and the candida and all that stuff and the biofilm and that's when people and we it's not just like oh i'm gonna eat some little bit of raw food um it's is a whole other ball game 
because then then you know you're gonna see candida flying out out of you and be like oh my goodness you know? <laughs> and things coming out you didn't know you had yeah and all the anger all the tears all the sadness that comes with it too you know what i mean so we we sarah provides all the tools on how to navigate that and i think that's one of the the real uh i say the real problems that we have nowadays in society is the lack of emotional tools and honesties that we have you know and that and how that is a domino effect and in, in the rest of of what we're doing um and those are the i think uh the combination of doing the work with sarah with this you know raw cleanse where every every week uh, people we teach people how to do enemas and how to fast and and all these things it's just it's not just like a regular coffee enema like you might find on on online that it will really take all the stuff out of you that doesn't belong there and one, once once we complete that then we are able to take people through the different uh different aspects of you know how you can really detox your liver how you can really detox uh your kidneys how you really detox your, your lymphatic system those are you know other you know four weeks sometimes or, or longer uh things that we do and just depends on the person you know yeah but at that point is when we start learning about the functions of the fruit and and so far so on right well i'm going to include all of this in the show notes for those who are just already feel the pull to get in connection with you we'll have the gut cleanse we'll have selfilumination.com the courses the retreats and I'm just so appreciative of your wisdom and coming here as a friend and as my teacher to share with us today, Emmanuel. Is there any last little bits you want to leave the audience with and to give someone hope for their healing journey? Oh, hope. Oh my goodness. There's as long as you're alive, mm -hmm. there's, you know, that is the whole purpose of us being alive, you know, is for us to grow, for us to to get this is is a moment for us to continue. To understand our and develop our wisdom you know every every single moment it's an opportunity you know even though it might look difficult um i'll just share something that my teacher one of my teachers told me okay and in our deepest darkness in our deepest uh difficulties is is where we find our best potential and it's the biggest gift beautiful Okay, because we see hardships, we see criticism, we see the things that we find that are not good. And we, we like to just, you know, put them under the carpet and forget about them. Yeah. And we try to do a lot of that with food, right? To numb ourselves. But what he's saying is like, look at the opportunity there yeah. that is for us. So yeah. it's not about embracing darkness. That's not what I'm saying. This is not black magic juju is the opposite okay saying if you're a very angry person if you're really pissed off at something there might be a big opportunity of learning there they might end up once once you heal that you might turn to be like the most kind and patient person in the world yeah you see that's kind of like a, it's see the opportunity behind it well thank okay. you i love that as long as we're living we're still healing we're still growing and this time has been such a gift to Emmanuel. So I can't thank you enough. Tell Sarah and the kids I said hello. Oh, I will. Thank you. Yeah, there will be many more episodes to come. So thank you so much. Of course, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. 
So you're ready to feel a miraculous shift and feel better in just three days. Here's what you need to do to join the community cleanse in real time or catch up with us later. The first thing you need to do is download the free gut cleanse guide in the show notes and either order the intestinal one cleanse, the liver forgive cleanse, or the rainbow cleanse, which will include them both. And then after you put in your order, because it can take about eight to 10 days to get to you from halfway across the world, then I want you to make sure that we're connected on Instagram. You can follow me at Inspire Health by Jen, and then join the Facebook group in the show notes, because in the Facebook group, you can ask any questions, we will answer you, and you can catch the live replays. And for Instagram, we're going to be going live and putting out the schedule for the community cleanse. So this is May 21st through the 28th in real time. And I will make sure you know on my stories and my posts and in the Facebook group when you can catch the lives. If you're on my email list, say you download the gut cleanse guide, you've downloaded a hormone healing guide, you've entered your email for something and you get my podcast emails, you're on the email list and you'll get a little bit of info there too. We want to include everyone for this free support community cleanse and get you feeling just as amazing as I've been able to. I'll see you soon. I can't wait to have you.